the funny thing about American Idol is that it's totally possible to become an American Idol without ever getting past Simon Cowell. This is my conversation with William Hung. What if the truth came in a gel cap and we could just pop it in our mouths and forget about it? Well, it doesn't, and we can't. But we can laugh in the face of reality while plotting our survival. Welcome to the Truth Tastes Funny Podcast. I am your host, Hirsch Repton. And if my guests can handle the truth, so can you. Open wide, folks. Here it comes. Back in 2004, my guest was just a college kid with dreams of going to Hollywood. And he did indeed. He was on American Idol and was laughed off the show and pulled himself up and raised himself up and went on to perform with Ricky Martin to perform all over the world. And now he shares the message that you could find your freedom by using your voice. And I was so happy to run into him a couple of weeks ago and asked him if he would come on Truth Tastes Funny. And he graciously agreed. Please welcome William Hung. Hi, everyone. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay, so you had dreams of going to Hollywood. Tell me about your upbringing, where you grew up, and where those dreams started to form. I grew up in Hong Kong. I started singing karaoke with my parents since I was 10 years old. Then when I went to college, I thought I was good at math and science when I studied for engineering, but I was about to flunk out of school. I thought I need to try something completely different. Then one day, I saw this poster for a school talent show. And then I went for it by singing Ricky Martin's She Bangs. To my surprise, (laughs) I won. That gave me the confidence to audition for American Idol. That's wild. Because why do you think it was that you were flunking out of school? I wasn't sure because I was a straight-A student back in middle school and high school. Maybe I didn't have the right support system. I didn't know how to study. Uh, Something was missing. Something was missing, but maybe it wasn't missing from your education. It might have been missing just from your life. This kind of, you use the word freedom. And I think, you know, some people feel like they want to sing because they love the way it sounds or they, or they love music. And I'm sure you do love music, but I think the love of freedom may have been equally important yes i agree i just wanted to do something that i enjoy see what happens i'd have no expectations for my talent show or american idol and that's why i was able to stay positive despite the harsh criticism from silent cow (laughs) yeah and that already is a major accomplishment if you can stand there and take what simon dishes out I think the people who come on, so how did you get on American Idol? I watched the news one night and then I decided to stand in line among 3,000 other people, see what happens. But somehow I got lucky. The staff, they let me through the first rounds and then eventually I, I made it through the producers and then I saw the celebrity judges. This was the first season, Third right? season. Was it the first season? Number three. And, and three. so- Oh, number three, third season. Oh, so it was already huge. It was already a, a huge show. It was starting to grow, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And who were the judges at that? Randy Jackson, Paula Abdul, and Simon Cow. So what were they, you know, each like? I'm curious because I, 
I've met Randy Jackson, you know, maybe five years ago, but I had, I've never met the others, including Ryan Seacrest. What are they all like? Well, Randy is, is the wild card. You don't know what to expect from him. Paula was always the nice lady, and Simon, uh, as we probably all know, he is the mean guy. Right, right. And did you get to know him at all outside of the f taping? I feel they have similar personalities outside the screen. Simon still uh, thinks that I had no chance. I shouldn't be in the showbiz because, you know, I don't have the raw singing talent. Uh, so that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you get up there and you're doing it, what was your feeling about your performance? I knew that I was not going to make it to Hollywood because as soon as I began my audition, Randy had this white sheet of paper to curve up his face and he giggled throughout <laughs> the audition. Paula was smiling and dancing. She was having a good time. I kept going and they eventually signed and stopped me and I knew that was it. But see, this happens most of the time, right? Most of the people that go on American Idol are not don't get through they came and they tried and some of them may you know have perfectly nice voices but they don't stand out or they can't beat out the other uh -huh. people in terms of the talent it can be really my daughter wanted to go on america's got talent years ago and i think she was probably about 11 at the time and she wanted to go on america's got talent and and my wife and i were like well we kind of hope she'd she doesn't because she is a, a good singer, but we felt like, you know, I don't know why it's too random. Like what would make her really – she's not practiced. You know, she's she's not training right now at that mm -hmm. time with her voice. She was doing theater, but she wasn't – it's like you really got to – you got to look at it a couple of ways. You either are a someone who's gone to school for singing you know, or you're studying it, or you've got an incredible natural talent, or you have a love of performing yes. and a joy of performing. And that's what I think you had, right? You had a joy. That you yes. Had. So, you know, when you are up there, did it go differently than you thought it mm. would? Or did you not even worry about it? I did not expect to make it. I expected Simon to be the, hot, the mean guy, like, like most people knew. So it wasn't that surprising that Simon was going to be mean to me or Paula was going to be the nice lady. But Randy, he like, when he held up this sheet of paper and giggled, that one surprised me. Of course, I knew I wasn't going to make yeah. it to Hollywood. But yeah, that reaction was so right. funny. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. You did make it to Hollywood. That's what was different. Yeah. Is that something about, and I remember this, I kind of remember this. You know, you made it for being different from the other people who didn't make it through. Yeah. You know, so how did that happen? Because I'm not that familiar with how the system goes, but one would assume once you don't get through, they don't pay attention to you anymore. What happened? Well, most people, like you said, it, I, I, even for me, when I got told that I had to go home, I'm done. I'm not good enough. I thought that was it. I was going to become a normal guy again. What happened was, like, my audition somehow went viral. After the TV broadcasted my audition, I got, like, hundreds of emails 
Uh, some of them were invites to Entertainment Tonight, Ellen DeGeneres, and On Air with Ryan Seacrest. That's how I got everything started. And then uh, one of my fans it built a website, got over 8 million hits in less than a month, WilliamHung.net. It was so crazy. And then my record company reached out. They gave me a $25,000 record contract. Who knew? It's like everything's happened all of a sudden. <laughs> it's awesome because I work in brand messaging and marketing my whole life. And when the viral thing started, people would come to me and say, oh, can you create a viral video? And I would kind of laugh because I'm like, the whole idea of viral means that it's viral. It's not growing because of what you right. Now we can create videos and market them using certain terms, using certain strategies, reaching out to certain blogs. We can do that and get videos up to the millions. This was back in, you know, I don't know what year it was, 2000, 2008, 2009. We are like, we can get videos up to certain level of exposure, but what makes something truly, truly viral like this, you cannot fabricate. It's exactly because it's real that people respond to it. There's that organic thing. What was your reaction to it, to all the attention that came from uh, I didn't know what to make of it. I, I just thought it was overwhelming in the beginning. Like all of a sudden people asked me to take pictures, autographs. I just thought, wow, what happened here? Yeah. Now you were going to, if you had originally intended to go to school and study science and math and work in some scientific field and then decided, okay, that's not working out. The college thing isn't working out. Then you go on American Idol and you know you're not likely to get through. So first of all, how old were you at that point? And what did you think you might do? I was 20 years old. I just wanted yeah. to have fun, try something new. My expectation is that when this audition didn't work out, which would be 99.99999% of the time, <laughs> I would go back to school, try something else. But I, I thought maybe the traditional studying day job, maybe that was not the right path. Okay, so, so the idea was not, I'm going to go back and do the traditional thing. I'm going to go back to school and try to focus on that. And it, it was oh, at that point, you knew it was going to be something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So what did you, uh, so, do you, so you're riding this kind of wave, you got a recording contract. What kind of recording contract was, what was the idea with the recording contract? Well, the idea is that they want, my record company wanted to put out this album as quickly as possible before they figure out who the winner was, uh, which turned out to be Fantasia Perino. So they wanted to, while there was still anticipation about the season, yes. they wanted to put it out. So what, what's on the record? It was called Inspiration and the record company, it was called Koch Records at the time. There, were they original songs? Were they covers? Mostly covers and then a few original songs. And did the, now how does it work with, this is another thing that's interesting is with covers, do you have to pay the original artists who have the pub, who own the publishing, you know, the, the songwriters who have the publishing, do you? Uh, the record company handles that yeah. part, but the answer is yes. Yeah. So were there big songs on that album? Did you do She Bangs? Of course. Album? Yeah. She Bangs. Of YMCA, right. some songs from Elton John, like Can You Feel the Love Tonight and Rocket Man. Was it fun doing? Yeah, it was fun.
It's great. It's like you got paid twenty five thousand dollars to do like carry. Uh, yeah, right. Of your of your favorite. Yeah, songs. I mean that in a great right, way. Right. Like it's just like okay, I'll yeah. do that. And how did the how did the album do? Well, it it became the number one independent album on Billboard. It was so surprising. <laughs> that is yeah. awesome. Okay, that is awesome. I love it because. You know, when I met you, I got this really, really good, warm feeling about you, which I guess everybody has always had, which has a lot to do with it. But it's the the genuine kind of just happiness with with, uh, you know, with the kind of wonderful, magical thing that happened, but also a very grounded sense of. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. You know, uh, Luther. Vandross, <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'm not an amazing right. singer. It's just, you know, I think that people can do more than they're maybe given credit for. Yeah. You no, know? because there. I don't think that. What was it like in terms of the criticism at that point? So the album's coming out. <clears throat> Excuse me. The album yes. comes out. And. It's doing really yeah. well, and it's a kind of a, you know a novelty in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. But what were some of the reactions that you got to it? Well, there are people who really liked it and people who really hate it, <laughs> and I think that's normal. It's not good in any traditional measure, <laughs> but I knew that. Uh, so I know I thought I understand why people want to criticize. They would say my singing was still terrible. Why is this album out there? That then you know all other kinds of criticism. But for me, the way I look at it is like sometimes in life you make the most out of every opportunity that you're given. Somebody kind of guiding what you were doing with this op these opportunities. Well, uh, that's an interesting story because I could not find a very good agent. The person that wanted to be my agent, he wanted forty percent of my lifetime earnings. Wow. Yeah, was it Colonel Tom uh, Parker, the uh, I, the person who managed out? I did not know that guy, uh, even though I didn't know yeah. anything about this business, and I was only a twenty-year-old kid. I knew that was a bad deal, <laughs> right. so I said yeah. no. And then, and then eventually, my mom was worried about me. She was worried that other people would take advantage of me. Uh, so she stepped in to become my manager. I was going to ask what your family's uh, reaction was to all of this. So your mom stepped in and she became your manager, but she probably didn't know very much about about show business. Uh, she knew a little bit. She would study the newspapers from Asian entertainment. She learned a lot. So so she's probably better than someone that that wouldn't look out for me. Right. Well, that's for sure. For sure, she. It's better to have someone who 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 actually yeah. you trust. So, but you had an album out. The album did well. So you were on a kind of a a run of really getting the most you could possibly get out of it. What was the next step? Well, I got many performance opportunities. I got commercial deals like AT and T, Jack in the Box back then. Pretty crazy, right? Right now, those are good yes. deals. So, what were the commercials like? What were they like to? Uh, what were the ideas? Pretty cool. I remember the AT and T one. I collaborated with Ryan Seacrest, so it was short and sweet. 
And then the, the Jack in the Box, I remember it was with the Kerry Coleman. Oh, it's yeah. Cool. I think I remember we were playing poker. Yeah. That's funny. With Ryan Seacrest, I mean, that guy is, you know, extremely hardworking and industrious and very bright. So he saw the potential. Was he fun to work yeah. with? And have you stayed in touch with yes. him? To this day, we were doing this reunion show last year. And, and then he, yeah. the way he introduced me, he said that this is the guy, someone who put the American Idol show on the map. In your case, it was the idea of Hollywood and the kind of fun that it represents. And so you went on, you had this great opening and you just jumped right through it. And then you have the album. What was, so you had album, you had commercials. So that's a good, how long was this, did this go on after uh, the audition? So from the audition on, how long was it, the album and the commercials? Uh, the best years were the first four years. And then right. eventually the momentum slowed down. I, and I decided to may, maybe go finish school, get a stable job, get married, maybe try to go back to normal life. I still never gave up my dreams to do this entertainment, performing. I still did on the side, but I felt like, you know, having some, I was just trying to like, like, okay, maybe I have enough fun. Maybe it's okay to settle. And that's why I did for a while. Yeah. And also around that time, the economy was slowing down. There was a recession. So I don't know if that also made the timing good to like just kind of take it easy because the things were slowing down economically and at least, in, you know, in our country and elsewhere. So did you go back? To yes. School? Eventually, I finished with my bachelor's degree in math and then I got a master's in business. Oh, wow. Where did you get the master's? Um, Marist College online. They are in New York. In New York. And uh, so you went and got a master's in business administration. So you did fulfill that kind of education. Obviously, it's not easy to get a master's and MBA. And, you know, you, you get that. And then, okay, so next, what happens next? I worked a day job for about eight years, two years for the sheriff's department, and then six years for public health. Yeah. And was this in yes. Los Angeles? Okay. And so the whole time, so when did you move from Hong Kong to LA? 1993. Okay. So you had moved, you were in college and you were, you had already moved yes. to the US. You were, you didn't have to come there for American Idol. You were already in college yeah. there. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. You know, when most people that I have on, I do not interview them that linear way because there are so many things that just you would assume they did, or you could just figure out and you focus more on the ideas of, of certain experiences or maybe one small experience. But with you, I'm fascinated because I think that everything triggered everything else. So it's important to figure out the, the line. So, okay, now you have an MBA and you have a college degree and you're living in LA and you work for the sheriff's mm -hmm. department. In what capacity was that? Well, it, it, I was a statistical analyst, but what I did was not mm -hmm. that impressive because I, you know, to me anyway, because I would read yeah. and pro process police reports to extract the data that we need to, you know, analyze the numbers. 
my job, I felt it was depressing uh, to some extent because I would read about the violent crimes like rape, murder, burglaries. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't think that's why I want to do long term. Right. So you did that for several years, and then you were. Then you thought, okay, I gotta do something yeah. else. And what it was your heart telling you? Well, I got promoted to work for public health, and then that one I did about six years. It was a uh -huh. good job. There's not. There's nothing particularly wrong with with the job. It's more like yeah. personally, I didn't want to hide behind my cubicle for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. And what about socially? Were you dating at that point? What was going on in your personal? Life? I got married, and then I divorced two times. Yeah, that was the rocky part of my life. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Well, I've been divorced also. So what if you are you comfortable talking about? Well, it? I can share some like lessons learned. Like the Okay, yeah. What are some what are some lessons that you learned? Well, the first time I got too attracted to external beauty and then at the time I was watching Bachelors on T on ABC. And then I thought, like, oh, maybe it's easy to have a happy, married relationship. But that's not how it works. I felt like, you know, she was never into it. I didn't have a chance. And then I tried to stop that one, stop the relationship as quickly as I could. And then financially, I took a big hit because I didn't have anything in place, like a prenup. <laughs> so that, that really, that hurts. Yeah. And then the second time I did have a prenup, I did spend six months together to, to get to know her. Uh, it was a challenging relationship for a different reason, because I thought that, you know, she was a good person. That's what I, I don't regret my decision. We stayed married for a couple of years. But at the time, uh, you know, because of the first marriage, how I got financially crippled, I struggled just to make ends meet, you know? That's what most people don't know. It's like people, most people thought I had this glamorous life. Everything is, was easy. It wasn't. Yeah. And then I, I wasn't satisfied with myself. So I got into gambling and that's what got me into trouble. Mm. So you expressed your kind of frustration and sadness and and what was missing through gambling yes you know and then that became kind of an addiction yeah I guess, or just a bad uh it was a definitely a, a major addiction like it's always the worst when you start off winning a lot of money and and then eventually yeah. i gave it all back because i got greedy i thought like wow you know it's easy to make this money uh and right. couldn't hide my emotions my ex-wife eventually found out, and that was it. Oh, okay. She didn't know about the gambling thing. When she found out, that was the end yeah. of the relationship. Yes. Okay, so since we're getting close. So what year was that about? Uh, maybe. That wasn't that long. No, it's, it's about five or six years ago. Okay, okay. And so, so what... So what was the next phase? What did you do after that? I wasn't sure, but I was de just depressed by myself for about six months. I, I remember I woke up like a zombie going to work, you know? Yes, I did my work, everything was okay. But I was like, feel like, you know, I don't want to do any, I don't want to have any relationship at that point. I felt like, what's the, why, why am I working so hard? Why am I still chasing my dreams? Uh, but then I finally snapped out of it when I, you know, met, uh, met up with a couple of my friends from before. And they cheer me up. They said that, you know, that's not how, that's not who you were before. You know, we like, like, yeah, they said they were, they were big fans of me. 
Uh, so that so yeah, that that really helped. That changed my perspective because I realized I, that you know moving forward, I didn't need to compare myself to others. You know, everyone has their has their downtime. You know, the bottom. Yeah, yeah, and I think the support system is really everything. You need a support system, and you need to reach out where there is support, even if the friends don't. You know, even if you don't have that circle of friends, even if you're single or out of a bad relationship or out of a relationship, yeah. there are resources that we all can draw on because it comes back to this mental health, which I know is also, you know, important to you that people are taking care of their mental health and, and taking care of, you know, of their, yeah. needs, their self-care. Mm -hmm. So you got that boost fortunately and it kind of brought you back to, to who you really are. Yeah. Because all of those wonderful things that happened all happened because of, of who you yes. were. And so what have you been doing the last few years? I got back into speaking and performing. I, I started a, a, like a side hustle in addition to my full-time job. And then I built the, that career back, the business back up. But, but it, you know, what's crazy about this whole journey was the way I got there. It wasn't what I expected. I actually also got yeah. back into poker. Now, yeah, now, you know, there's like, you're, now you're probably thinking, it's like, <laughs> whoa, what happened? I didn't, I just say I was gambling. I got myself into trouble. Yeah. But I feel like poker is different because poker, I feel as a game of skill with some luck involved in the short term. So I study everything there is out there online, books, everything. I uh, self-taught and then it, I made enough, eventually I made enough money after about five years of grinding to quit my day job. That's awesome. Well, see, I think where your head is at makes all the difference. It's, it's yes, there are diseases and addictions and things like that, and I'm no expert on any of that. But I do know that your mindset and where your perspective is, is positioned mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. Because to say I, I really enjoy poker and I, became, I decided I'm going to study it, I'm going to understand it, and then you go out and you yes. win, you also understood that it wasn't so easy to know you you figured that out you would learn that lesson yeah. and you also weren't coming from a place of trying to fill a hole in your uh soul with gambling. that's right like i'm gonna go out and gamble i'm miserable i'm angry i've been i've lost a mm -hmm. lot and i'm gonna go out and gamble and i'm gonna i'm gonna beat it or I'm gonna <laughs> you know it's like you you were like okay i'm gonna study it so so you quit your day job so that you're, are you still prof gambling professionally? Not right now because, yeah. you know, like the game of poker, it was easier when I tried it five or six years ago, but now it's gotten a lot more difficult. And last year I went through another like, like that terrible year. So that, that's why, I, you know, I stopped, I took a step back and, I, and then I, I, I look at my life. It's like, wow, I need to be grateful for what I have, you know, like I saved and invested my money. You know, my parents and I uh, pay off all the debt. We own multiple houses in the LA area, so so life is good. You know, I don't I don't need to yeah. chase. Uh, and then, yeah. and then the other thing about the, my poker experience is like it's not that glamorous either because the way I approached it, I'm not looking for that quick big score. You know, that's not how that's not right. how I make my money. I I grind it because I play the low limit games where I knew I have the advantage. Uh, another lesson learned is like you pick, you figure out what you're good at, and then you know you you re you repeat and you repeat, and then eventually you do something more. 
And at this point in my life, I feel like I want to do something more because I know that that it feels like you know, looking back at this whole experience, I I'm not looking for another job where I had to grind, sit down, you know, forty hours a week. It's like no, 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 that's not it. Yeah, and you're and what you realize, William, is that you're like you're you can grind. I could. You know, some people can't do yeah. it. Some people just don't have the makeup for it. And some of us can be grinders if we if we allow ourselves to be. And if it were to make us happy, then no. Yeah. Way. You know, but I think we also realize at a certain point there's there's something. Yeah. More. There's, you know, chapters in our life. Right. The, you know, there's the, it's I think a lot of people are realizing that now with the pandemic in the rearview mirror and going, you know, that's a chapter. Uh, before the pandemic is a chapter. Now I have a chance to write a new chapter. What am I going to do? Exactly. So fortunately you, you're stabilized and life is good. What's the new passion? What's the new, what have you found the new thing that you want to do? Yeah. What, what, there are a couple of projects I have in mind this year, but I feel my mission, I, I'm very clear that I want to help make, uh, other people make their dreams come true by using their voice. Yeah. And so how are you applying that? Well, uh, the, the first project I will implement and complete as soon as possible is to start my own podcast about make your dreams come true. My goal is to have a combination of some solo episodes where I share my, my unique experience like I share with you, as well as you know, pick, choosing some unsung heroes that have very uh, captivating and inspiring stories as well. So that's my first project. And then the second project is I would like to create some kind of game or simulation to help people try different business ideas or careers right. so that they don't have to spend so much time and money like I did. Yeah, you know, I love it. I love it. I just wrote this down. In my other podcast on my Yes Brand podcast, I do this where, you know, when someone tells me an idea that they're doing, I try to think of some kind of marketing angle. It just does it. I'm not doing it on purpose. It just kind of comes up. It's how my I always try to explain it. But anyway, but anyway, when you said that you wanted to celebrate unsung heroes, you know, and have that be a part of your podcast, I thought of of the title "Unsung" with William. Oh, um, because because I think unsung is really really cool because it means I'm not celebrated for you know singing or. Uh, also, you can't undo what you've already done. Um, there's still more to do. And there are people out there who haven't been celebrated. Yes. And you were very lucky to have that moment where, against all odds, for whatever reason, the public consciousness grabbed a hold of it. You went on this amazing ride. Yes. You had ups and downs and in between and a lot of lessons learned. I really look forward to that podcast. I you know, I can't wait for that to happen. How close is that to being real? Maybe a few months away because the way I, I plan to launch is, you know, because I launched a podcast before that's related to poker, but I pothfade it because mm -hmm. that's not something I'm passionate about anymore. I, yeah, I, mean, I could still play right. some from here sometimes, right? For fun, but nothing serious. So I feel like, like, yeah, I, I want to start over, and then this time I'm gonna approach it like in a, maybe a smarter way. Like maybe I can, uh, for example, promote this on social media, put out some you know content pieces to test to to get the response, build out some kind of newsletter or mailing list, and then record four to six episodes before I launch. 
Yeah, perfect. Well, I wish you luck with it, but I really think you're going to do great. I don't I don't think you're going to need a ton of a ton of luck. And also, I think everything that you've gone through and everything you've done, good and bad, fortunate and unfortunate, right. are things that shape where you're at. And this seems like a really great thing to be doing. You already have some visibility and notoriety in, in podcasting. You don't need a ton of that. But you need all those other things that you described, you know, the other process of, of doing yeah. it. So before we go, is there anything you want to leave uh, the audience with as they try to survive and thrive in a crazy world where anything can happen? Uh, any advice you want to share? Focus on taking one step at a time closer to, your, to achieving your dream. And then you know, think about what you are naturally curious that's the key because, you know, if it's a job that you dread or even a business that you, you know, some parts that you might not enjoy doing, there's a, you know, I, I realize I don't enjoy marketing, for example. I know it's necessary, <laughs> but it's not necessarily something I enjoy. You know, if, if time and money and is, it's not a problem for me, I, I just want to get paid to play video games all day, every day or board games or whatever. And then maybe I could share the experience. Maybe, maybe I can even create, you know, like team building, for example. That's another idea I have. So you think about what you are good at and what you enjoy, and then figure out a way to make that work for you. Thanks so much for tuning into Truth Tastes Funny. If you enjoyed the experience, please leave a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends.